Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org slash connect if you'd like to connect with us, and have a great week. and Mountain Home someday. So, although today seems beautiful, doesn't it? It's been a wonderful, wonderful morning. Um, I just want to thank just the many volunteers for all the work they do to help create what we have going on. Um, not only this, this Sunday, but every Sunday. But man, what a praise team up here. A nice full platform full of talented musicians. And, and we're so grateful to people behind the scenes. But also, we, had, we served coffee this morning, kind of a soft launch. Some of you are holding up cups as I make that announcement. Thanks for that. Italian sodas and lattes and, you know, drinks for, to, to get us going in the morning. I, I thank the volunteers that have done that. We've got the Easter egg hunt after service. Um, we had to, we, my wife was able to corral some of you into taking pictures for Easter Sunday morning. Um, if she missed you, I'm going to be back there after service and would love to take your picture as a, as a family, and we'll post those on our Facebook page so you can have a little memory of, of Easter Sunday morning, or if you, if you prefer not, we won't do that, but we'll just send it to you so you have a, a copy of that picture. But I want to welcome you today to Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Today, as we turn to scriptures, as we do every Sunday, we're going to be looking in the, in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, starting in chapter 24 with verse 1. If you have your Bibles with you, you can open up to Luke, or if you have devices, you can uh, point it to Luke 24. Scripture is going to be on the on the screen behind me, but um, for those who are willing and able out of reverence for the reading of God's Word, I just ask that you would stand as I read this this morning. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, from the Common English Bible. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming, bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. (laughs) Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb. When he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home, wondering what had happened. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Have you ever had one of those days? One of those days. 
You know what I'm talking about? Like, you lay your head down at the end of the day, and you go, oh, man. You know, like, you, you kind of got crossed up with the kids, maybe, and picked a few battles that you shouldn't have picked and, and had them all triggered. I don't know if that ever happens. That probably only happens to me. Um, but, man, and at the same day, maybe the, the car broke down and isn't functioning right. You jumped it twice, and then they checked out the battery, and it was fine. And you're going, no, it's not. Or you just got this fixed two weeks ago. Maybe the unexpected bill comes in the mail. It is tax season in the middle of April, is it not? The unexpected bill, you're like, how can this be? How did I miss this? Where is this going to come from? Just a downright dirty, rotten day. I've laid in my bed on those days and just exhausted. Just with not knowing what to do, not knowing how to move forward, closing my eyes, saying, I need a do-over. <laughs> Just let me do this day over. Do this day over. Let me have a mulligan today. That's what Easter is. That's what leads into Easter. That what, that's what brings us to this moment for Jesus' disciples, for the people who loved him, for the people who followed him, to, for the people who listened to his teaching. They were having one of those days. And as we read this scripture, as we read this passage, sometimes sometimes we don't start there. And I think that's really important. I think that's, that's so important as we take a look at, at the scripture today. This morning was the morning after one of those mornings. Exhausted. Crumpled in bed. Wishing for a do-over. And we get to this passage. One of the things I love to do as I read scripture is, is try to get a handle on, on what's going wrong in this passage. The resurrection story has things about it that, that are all wrong in, in, this, in this gospel, just messed up left and right. The most obvious is what had happened a couple of days before. Jesus had died. Their Messiah had died, the one who was supposed to be their their hope, the one who was supposed to change their world, the one that was supposed to come to Israel and to restore Israel and to make Israel everything that it was supposed to be, had died. He was Messiah. He was the one for whom people had been been anticipating and talking about for for years, for generations, for centuries of time, the Israelite people had said, Messiah will come. And we wait for that day with hopeful anticipation. And Messiah had come. But Messiah had died. They had watched him brutally murdered just a few days prior. If, if you missed it, we had a, a Good Friday service a couple of days ago where we talked about the misery of that day, the, the, the powerful reminder that, that Jesus had given his life on that day. There had been the arrest, the mock trial, the reluctant Roman leader who, who said, I don't find anything wrong with this man. How can you, how could you want him crucified? But he caved to the populace's opinion to the voices of the crowd and handed him over to 
for the painful death of crucifixion. This isn't how Messiahs work. The people who had followed Jesus said, this wasn't how it was supposed to end. This isn't how we saw it going. What is happening? And then there were these women. There were these women who, who had these women who had come with expectations. Expectations of what they would find. The chapter before says that they saw how the body was laid in the tomb. They had probably seen the stone that had been rolled in front of the tomb. And, and it, scripture talks about how the crucifixion had, de- had taken place on the day of preparation for the Sabbath. And so as Sabbath came at, at sundown, they had kind of hastily found a place for them to put Jesus' body. Because on Sabbath, it was their tradition that they couldn't work. They couldn't, they couldn't take care of Jesus' body on that day. So they had kind of rushed to have Jesus' body laid to rest. But they were there, and they were present, and it says they saw where, they had been, where he had been placed in the tomb. And in their grief, had gone away to make some proper burial preparations. They, they probably sat in their minds saying, we don't have time now, we're not allowed at this point, but we're going to come back after the Sabbath was over. And so they had gathered their spices and they had made their preparations and brought the perfumes and brought them to their tomb. And I wonder, what, what was their plan? <laughs> what were they going to do if the stone was there? Were they just going to push really hard and, and hope the stone moves? What would they have done? But their expectation was overpowered by their hope. Finally, the last thing that's marvelously wrong in the story is, is the absence of Jesus' body. They show up to the tomb. The stone is not in the way. There's no barrier between them and where the body was supposed to be. And Jesus wasn't there. The tomb was empty. Uh, these women, there were three listed in verse 10, but it says um, other women also in that, in that verse that we read, who on faith had made this journey, made this trek to the tomb, saying, we don't, we cannot think of anything more important than honoring this one that we loved. But upon arriving there, found Jesus missing. The spices, the preparation, this, this rhythm of grief was all interrupted by the unexpected absence of Jesus' body. I, I think there's, there's kind of this rhythm that we get in, in disappointment and unexpect, uh, unmet expectation. There's this sense of what do we normally do, right? What, what do you do in moments of extreme disappointment, when, when expectations had been so solid and yet they go unmet. Some people get angry. Uh, there, there's some people who just get angry. They're like, why did this happen? What is going on? Some people have to leave the situation. They just need space. They need to pull away. They need to say, uh, I'm out of here. Others grieve quietly wish to be left alone. I, I see a little bit of that in these women, that, that after the body had been taken care of and laid in the tomb, albeit hastily, and, and they did the minimum of what they could do, 
they left and they spent Holy Saturday preparing these spices and, and preparing these perfumes that they would use to anoint and to care for Jesus' body after he died. And at daybreak, returning to the tomb to take these steps and to, and to go through this process of caring for Jesus' body. But that whole rhythm and that whole tradition is interrupted. It's messed up. It's, it's broken as they come to the tomb for things were not as they expected when they arrived. Do you ever lose something? I mean, I get really agitated when I lose my keys, right? Like, my keys are gone, and I need to be somewhere, and it's probably one of the kids that took them, right? Or, or I don't know, or I set my cell phone down somewhere. They even make devices to help us find these things, right? My watch can beat my phone. My phone can beat my key. What if I lose all of them at the same time? I'm lost. They show up in the body. It's gone. <laughs> this isn't keys. This isn't my cell phone. The body is gone. And Scripture says they, they were completely confused. They didn't know what to make of it. They had no idea. The easiest explanation is that the body had been taken. The body had been taken. And there, there are other, uh, other gospels that talk of this possibility and said, where did the body go? Uh, the other suggested text for Easter comes from the Gospel of John. And Mary shows up and, and has this interaction with people that she finds in the garden near where the tomb was. And she asks, have you taken the body? If you've taken the body, tell me. Tell me where he is so I can care for him. In this Gospel, she's just left confused, not knowing what had happened. And two men appeared. <laughs> I, I don't know how you would handle this. The two men appeared to these women. Uh, I don't know if it was in the tomb or, or just outside, but scripture, our scripture text today said they were frightened. Another translation says they were terrified. Two men show up in the moment of grief. Have you ever had those deep grief moments? Those moments where your world is falling apart? you feel raw, and you feel vulnerable, and like an exposed nerve is out there for the world to see. And in that broken state, nobody wants strangers to show up. Nobody wants an audience in those moments of deep and profound brokenness. But these two guys show up at the tomb, apparently wearing some glowing clothes or something, I don't know, gleaming bright clothing, that's not creepy at all. Uh, I'd be a little terrified too. And they bowed their faces to the ground. And, and in that moment, I see not only a reverence and a respect, but also like just wanting in this moment of confusion and grief and horror of what had just happened over this past several days, them hiding their faces. Nobody wants an audience as your world falls apart. But it's these two men who appear at the tomb that carry the message of hope and carry the message of restoration for those wishing to find Jesus. 
They say, he isn't here. He is risen. He has been raised today. It's also funny to me that that these men then recounted the things that the women had heard. (laughs) They're like, don't you remember? He was supposed to be handed over. He was going to be killed. He was going to be raised again on the third day. He told you all these things. Sometimes we need those refreshers. Sometimes we need those reminders of the promises of God, that God is present and God is active. Do you remember when we talked about that? When I was going to do that. But the most fascinating line, as I read it this year in preparation for this morning, the the most fascinating line recorded in the text is the one that I skipped. The men said this, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why have you come looking for Jesus in the tomb? For the tomb is the place of death. The tomb is the place where we we lay people who are no longer living. And Jesus, the one you search for, is very much alive today. I believe that's our journey. I believe that's our journey, you and me, not just for the women that morning, but for you and for me. That we are on this quest, looking for the living Jesus, even today. There are so many people looking for life, looking for purpose, looking for meaning in their day-to-day in our world. Amen? It's easy to get distracted and get sidetracked. I'm speaking for myself here. Man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting things out there in the world today. It's easy to, to, to get distracted and to, to focus on those things, to wonder, hey, what's going on over here or over there? And people look for those things, for that life, that abundant life in, in, in all sorts of places. We look for it in fulfillment in our jobs or advancement or promotion or the salary that we get. We look for joy in friends and family and the relationships we have the people that are closely beside us. We look for it in leisure and and play, whether it's going out into nature and hiking and camping or doing hobbies, other forms of entertainment and fun. But I think the question that is asked of us today is the same. The same question that was asked of the women. Why do you look for the living among the dead. This world that we live in, it's, it's, not, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. It's not all death. Some of it's really, really good. The things that we pursue and the joy that we have in relationships and the time that we spend with other people. But I hold fast to this truth today. It won't bring you life, full life, abundant life that Jesus brings. Is there, is there a good life without Jesus? I, I, know, I know lots of people. I, know, I, I, I think 
Some people get, get along fine without following Jesus. They lead, lead, good, lead good lives. They care for others. They, they are good neighbors. They are generous people. Some of the most beautiful people I know, most caring souls that I've known, haven't chosen to follow Jesus. Even, even have said, Freeberg, why, why do you do what you do? Really? Why, 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 why do you give your life to this Jesus thing? And my answer to them is that I believe that God is calling us back to be the people that he created us to be. That we have a story in the Bible that talks about how, how God and humanity live together in the garden. That our journey of following Christ isn't about some enlightenment or figuring out how to better ourselves, but simply to become again the people that God created us to be. And we do that together. We journey together. That's called the church. Not this building, not these walls or these lights, but God's people walking together to become who God created us to be in the first place. That is life. That is life, and we don't find it unless we're following Jesus. Unless we're committed to that cause, committed to that journey, saying there's nothing. There's nothing that will take me away. So the question we've been asked is this, why look for the living among the dead? Today, if you want to pursue that life that God has for you, the one that, that God originally created and intended for us to enjoy, it is only found in one place, with the living Christ. The one who rose from the grave, the one the woman, the women could not find in the tomb that morning. That is where we find our life and life abundance. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. We have a few things um, this morning that we have planned, a special morning. Um, someone who has chosen to be baptized this morning, which we're excited about, and you get to celebrate with us here at the end of our service. The early church often used Easter Sunday as, as a focal point for this sacrament of baptism. That on Easter Sunday morning, uh, they would, they, we would come and, and baptize those who had chosen to follow Jesus, chosen to follow this resurrected Lord and to welcome them into the life and fellowship of the church through baptism. Um, we don't believe that baptism saves you. <laughs> we, don't, we don't believe that, that's, that, that there's something magical about entering the water and coming out of the, of the water. It doesn't change your relationship with God in any way. What we do think is that it's a significant and meaningful step to stand before your church family, to stand before those that you worship with and say, I love Jesus. <laughs> I love Jesus. I'm committed to following him. And I want to share that choice and that decision with you. Much like a wedding ring, right? An outward sign of an inward commitment that I've chosen to love and to live with my wife for the rest of my days. So we're going to do this. Um, as, as we sing a song, we're going to bring the
kids in because we want the kids to share in this moment too. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to celebrate along with this one who has been chosen to be baptized this morning um, because she has chosen to follow the living Christ. Um, and for those of you here today who, who maybe are still questioning, still wondering about you and your journey, where is your life going to take you? I, there aren't words enough to convince you. I'm not smart enough to, to convince you of anything, but what I can tell you is this. Our objective here in our church is to pursue the living Christ and to model and shape our lives after him. And the invitation from our church family to you is we would love for you to join us on this journey of trying to seek after Christ. Okay, uh, I'm going to pray, we're going to sing, um, and then we're going to celebrate. I, that's, that's like sermon, no, another half a sermon right there. I'm going to pray, we're going to sing, and then we're going to celebrate the sacrament of baptism together. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the chance to, to be called your people and to walk towards you. Thank you that, that we're on this same journey as this, these women. That we are in search of the living Christ. May we not go to places where he cannot be found, but may we go directly to him. May that be our course. May that be our trajectory in our lives, we pray. Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you.